0: i Turn it around. I'm calling on the name. I'm calling on the name. It changes everything. Oh, oh, God, turn it around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around.
1: wow wow well you may be seated as we used to say you can you can sit down if you can (laughs) now that's something I could just worship with for the rest of the afternoon just love that what a great church what a great music team there praise God that's exciting well as I mentioned to you we're going to have a single message here on the subject a conversation about loss, violence, and mental health. I've entitled it, What Happened? What Happened? Our text is found in Micah chapter 6, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Go there with me. O human being, this is what God desires for you, that you do justice that you love kindness, that you walk humbly in the presence of your God. Now, a second passage that I want to present to you this morning is a text to springboard off of is found in Matthew's gospel. And this is something that Jesus said while he was on the side of a mountain teaching uh, for the entire afternoon a a sermon, if you will, a message that has been called and titled The Beatitudes. It's a message filled with a bunch of principles, life principles. And in chapter 5 of Matthew, starting in verse 43, I'm going to read two verses here. You've heard that it was said, Love your neighbor. And hate your enemy. Now when he says that, he's referring to the Old Covenant. He's referring to the law that the Jewish people, of course, his audience would have known very well. They had heard that, their minds, their hearts were trained in that, and that's what they were expecting to hear from this Jewish teacher. Love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. Watch the next couple of words here. Look at it. But I say to you, do you realize what he's doing there just in a phrase, but I say to you? He's declaring that all all Scripture is not equivalent. Secondly, he's declaring that what I teach supersedes what you used to believe, even scriptures. So the correct way to interpret the old is through the lens of the new. You look forward through Moses and Abraham and Jacob and The prophets and David and you look forward and you arrive at Jesus not the way we often interpret the Bible which is to go backwards we start with our Billy Graham's we start with our modern evangelists and then we start working our way backward through what they've said and how they've interpreted the Bible and and then finally we get to Jesus back here By that time, we're just filled with other men's interpretations. When the correct way to interpret the scripture is to look at Jesus. So let me begin that again. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for people who persecute you. That way, you'll be children of your Father in heaven after all. He makes his sun rise on the bad and the good alike and sends rain on both the upright and the unjust. Interesting. Notice the mercy of God and notice how that God's love and mercy is extended to all humans, not just those approved by your church, by a certain method of prayer, certain doctrine of believing. All humans are recipients of God's goodness and his love. Brian McLaren said this, To state the obvious, Jesus never tortured or killed or ruined the life of anyone. But the same cannot be said for the religion that claims to follow him. This week, I was having a egg McMuffin with sausage, or I think it's called a sausage McMuffin with egg. Have you ever had that? That's McDonald's. Sausage McMuffin with egg. Now, I want to tell you something about a sausage McMuffin with egg. And for those of you that have never had one, You've missed, out. You've missed out on one of the real delectable delights of food. It's mouth-watering. There's times where I must pull off the road, get off the highway. My stomach is growling. In this situation, I was coming from racquetball early morning, and I was hungry. So I pull into this McDonald's, and I order a sausage. McMuffin with egg. Mmm, so good. And I'm sitting there having my, my McMuffin, or yeah, my, my McMuffin and my orange juice, and, and they give you a potato cake. And I'm looking out the window, and suddenly I'm seeing this tree. And I'm looking at it. And I'm noticing that almost the entire backside of it is bare. In fact, it's dead. But this side facing me is growing with new birth, and it's alive. How is that? How can the same tree be showing and demonstrating such death and old and useless it's just firewood now but the other side of it is alive have you ever felt that way (laughs) have you ever felt like there's two things going on in you at the same time you know what I realized as I just continue to sit there do you see that building behind the tree that's Taco Bell I used to go to that Taco Bell when I was 10, 9, 10 years of age. That's back when you could order four things for a quarter apiece. For $1, I could get a burrito, a taco, a tostada, and for a buck. Remember that? Those days, some of you are old enough. The other, others of you are saying, <laughs> so what? What I'm trying to tell you is, as I looked at this tree, I realized that's my life. Parts of my life that were so precious, so important to me, where I started, are now dead. They're lifeless. They're gone. They're only good for firewood. But boy, there is a whole other side of me that's alive and bearing fruit. And I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. And sometimes it's a struggle, it's a wrestle. You have to war with that dual thing going on inside of you and it causes you to doubt, maybe even doubt your faith, doubt your Christianity. I'm here to tell you it's okay. It's part of life to doubt. It's part of life to have two different things going on. In fact, Paul spoke about it in the book of Romans. He said, I got two different things going on inside of me, (laughs) and I wrestle, I wrestle. I, I, I I believe the Holy Spirit leads us into seasons of wrestling with truth, wrestling with what we believe, wrestling with change, wrestling with reconsidering what has always been. How about you? Have you been reconsidering some of the things that have just always been? I mean, they are foundational. You grew up with that. Four things for a buck. Do you know when I go to Taco Bell, I get a burrito, a taco, and a Coke, and I've dropped 10 bucks. Isn't that true? You go anywhere for any fast food, you're going to drop 10 to 12 bucks for just a burger, fries, and a, a, a medium Coke. Isn't that amazing? What happened? And I'm not talking about food. What happened in America? What happened in our faith? What's happened in society? What's happened in our schools? What's happened? I want to talk about a little bit of this now. I'm going to start with mental health and give you a few statistics. These first statistics on mental health are according to the Mental Health America Association. Let's show this first graphic. This graphic is of our country, the United States, and it shows you by state the adult prevalence of mental, mental illness in 2022. It is that current the darker colors are where there is less mental health illness the lighter the color the more mental illness there is in that region or state isn't that interesting now consider consider what you're looking at consider the news of adults are experiencing a mental illness equivalent to nearly 50 million Americans. Folks this is a problem (laughs) and we need to be sensitive and not just dismiss it. Let me give you a second graphic here. This one is shows the adults with serious thoughts of suicide, once more, the darker the color, the higher the percentage of adults in that state that have serious thoughts of suicide. The percentage of adults reporting serious thoughts. So this is just those who are reporting it. Of suicide is 4.58%. The estimated number of adults with serious suicidal thoughts is over 11.4 million, an increase of 664,000 people from last year's data set. The national rate of adults experiencing suicidal ideation has increased every year since 2011 to 2012. Here's another graphic. Now this displays the youth with severe major depression episodes. Again, darker the color, higher the number and percentage of youth with severe major depression. 10.6% of youth, or over 2.5 million, cope with severe major depression. Look at the map. Look at the colors. The number of youths experiencing severe MDE increased by 197,000 from last year's data set. We're not making good progress in mental health. Now, let's talk about some gun violence statistics. And of course, I'm fully aware that by me going here today, there is a risk. And I've already settled the big questions and the elephant in the room. So I'm just going to go there. First, I want to show you the photos of the 19 children and three adults that were murdered, 22 of them murdered, the, the 23rd or 21 of them murdered, the 22nd died of a broken heart within 48 hours of his wife's death. Could we look please? Go ahead. Now stop for just a minute, Jeff, thank you. Don't take it down, but why am I doing this? Am I trying to depress you? This is Sunday morning, this is Memorial Day, this is a time of celebration for so many. Dear ones, we are the body of Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ speaks of the universal body, humanity. In their dying, in their being murdered, it affects me. I can't tell you how many times in watching news reports and seeing these faces, I have wept and I have cried and I've gone to prayer. This should affect us. God help us that we not just dismiss this. Go ahead, Jeff. Do you see the average age of these individuals? Fourth grade. How old are you in fourth grade? Ten? Ten, 11-year-olds? Look at these precious kids. Now, uh, for, go ahead and pause, Jeff. For anybody unfamiliar with this, and of course I know that we have people who watch this broadcast internationally. In Texas of the United States, An 18-year-old teenager walked into an elementary school, unabated, through an open door, it was unlocked, and with an AR-15 military assault rifle, shot each of these kids at close range, a number of them in their upper chest and face, Imagine the carnage. I mean, just for a moment, if you can let your mind. The first responders who have been responding to this incident all week long have come out of there in absolute tears and changed forever in saying, we have never seen anything remotely like this. So not, not only the families, but the, the first responders and all those who have had to deal with this, their lives will never be the same. And body of Christ, we cannot just dismiss this as, well, it, they weren't my children, or that's Texas. No, that's me. When you look at these little faces, that's you. Next, please, Jeff. Not too quick. I never want you to forget what you're looking at right now. Can you imagine the absolute horror? All right, stop here. These are the two teachers who were shot and lost their lives. They died trying to protect the children. The one on the bottom, Irma, if we could go to the next. Next slide. This is her husband. Joe passed away due to grief 48 hours later. A broken heart, literally, just, he couldn't couldn't take it. Leaving behind four young children. Thank you, Jeff. Did you know that I can, as an 18-year-old, legally purchase a military assault rifle designed specifically and solely for killing and inflicting damage quickly on mass numbers, but I can't buy a beer? Now, I checked this. This is not just Texas. I checked the law in Colorado. I cannot buy beer at 18 years of age. In many states you can't buy cigarettes at 18 but in most you can go into a gun store or at a gun show where it's even less regulated and they don't have to do background checks and I can purchase an AR-15 assault rifle or pistol. The gun used to murder innocent human beings in the overwhelming number of mass shootings in America, including the, listen, 27 school shootings so far this year, this year, is a military assault rifle or pistol commonly called or known by the letters and numbers AR-15. Which, in my opinion, access to should be completely banned. Uvalde, 21 murdered, AR-15. Buffalo, 10 murdered, AR-15. Boulder, Colorado, 10 murdered with an AR-15. Orlando, 49 people murdered with an AR-15. Parkland, 17 murdered with an AR-15. Las Vegas, the largest single mass shooting in American history. You all remember when this happened a couple years ago. Somebody up in a ho- from a hotel room loft shooting down on a concert in the parking lot. 58 people murdered with an AR-15. Aurora, Colorado, you remember, 12 murdered with an AR-15. Sandy Hook, 26 murdered with an AR-15. The Waffle House, AR-15, San Bernardino, 14 murdered, AR-15. Midland, Odessa, 7 murdered, AR-15. Powwow Synagogue, or Powo Synagogue, AR-15. Suther- Sutherland Springs, 25 murdered, AR-15. Tree of Life Synagogue, over in California recently, just in the past couple of weeks, 11 murdered, AR-15. Dear ones, it's time we face the truth. Of what's going on, and not hide behind politicians or legislation. And you cannot hide behind mental health because there's a lot of mental health people struggling with mental health who don't murder others or aren't violent. Twenty-six years ago in Scotland, 16 kids and a teacher were similarly killed with a military assault rifle. Scotland enacted gun, strong gun control laws and banned guns. There has not been another mass shooting in Scotland since. In fact, I, b- I don't believe there's been another death by, at least in a public way, a gun 1996 in Australia 35 people were killed Australia locked down and went after with strict gun laws there has not been another mass shooting or shooting of that kind at all in Australia since according to Dennis Prager many of you will recognize that name as a talk show host an avid uh, speaker and uh, does not shy away from political things, and is quite conservative, all right? Very conservative, in fact. According to Dennis Prager, in the decade of the 1950s, there was one, listen to this, one mass shooting in America. During the 1960s, there were six mass shootings in America. During the 1970s, there were 13 During the 1980s, there were 32. During the 1990s, there were 42. A total of 94 mass shootings were recorded in the 50-year period from 1950 to 2000. There have been 213 mass shootings so far this year. I mean, are are you listening to me? Those of you watching by live stream, don't turn me off. I'm just challenging you to listen and then you can prayerfully decide. 89% of all Americans want aggressive background checks instituted immediately. And it's been held up by the Senate of these United States. Dear ones, Violence doesn't just exist with guns, it exists, it's systemic, it's in music, it's in games, it's in television. And unfortunately I'm about to show you a clip of a of a pastor of a church and let you hear just a minute of a sermon that will illustrate for you the kind of gross nationalism, the combining of religious fervor with religious fervor with nationalism okay where the focus is on make america great again now i'm not demeaning a whole group of people or even a single person in that movement i'm just saying when you combine political movement with religious fervor listen to what you get many, many times.
2: I'm to the place right now. If you vote Democrat, I don't even want you around this church. Louder. Get out. You can get out, you demon. You can get out, you baby butchering election thief. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. I don't care how mad that makes you. You get pissed off as you want to. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. They are God-denying demons that butcher babies and hate this nation. Bunch of devils. I'm sick of it. Hey, want to talk about the insurrection. Mmm. Let me tell you something. You ain't seen the insurrection yet. You keep on pushing our buttons, you low-down, sorry, compromisers. You God-hating communists, you'll find out what an insurrection is because we ain't playing your garbage. We ain't playing your mess. My Bible says that the church of the living God is an institution that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the Bible says that we'll take it by force. That's what the Bible says.
1: So you take scripture where there are sprinklings of truth in its interpretation, but you combine it with that kind of religious fervor, and you mix it with politics, and that's what you're getting now. Flooding the homes, the minds of young people, and it's a movement called nationalism. American nationalism. Now, I love our country. I'm proud to be an American. I think we have one of the best societies under one of the greatest governments one of the greatest what's the word I'm looking for when America was begun it was a group of people fleeing tyranny and coming seeking freedom many many other things that go into that and of course there's pieces of that that are argued and so forth but i think we live in a wonderful country but i'm telling you what something's happened when an 18 year old within days of one another can buy two assault rifles and walk into an elementary school and murder 22 people Something's wrong, something's happened. The mental health statistics that I read to you are skyrocketing. It did not used to be that gross, that bad. Something's happened. And we've got to go beyond that it's just time for more thoughts and prayer. Let's have a moment of silence, let's pray. It's got to move beyond moments of silence, and I'm praying, thoughts and prayers go out to you. There's words I could use right now, but I'm, I'm containing myself, I've wept the tears, I knew I was going to speak this message, and I'm remembering the very first verse of our text, oh human being, oh Jeff, this is what God desires, that you do justice, that you love kindness, and that you walk humbly during your sermon on violence and mental health. What can you do? What can I do? Who am I? What pull do I have? What voice? You know what is so gross about what you just witnessed there? That gentleman's name is Greg Locke. Not revealing any secrets here he's a Tennessee pastor he has an enormous following and that's what really bothers me because people like Greg Locke have been around for a long time and the kind of I'll just say it the kind the kind of crap that he spews okay that's not new that kind of stuff has been around forever But did you hear all of the amens, all of the hallelujahs, all of that in the background? That was the congregation of hundreds, sometimes thousands when they meet. And then he goes around and he holds crusades as well. He has over 2 million followers on Facebook. Dear ones, I'm telling you, This whole thing of violence and mental health and nationalism, when you get those three and you mix them, you've got dynamite. You've got a problem. You've got what happened this week on Tuesday in Uvalde. What can I do? I'm going to give you three practical things that you can do. Number one, change your view of God. God didn't need a sacrifice to kill. God did not need a sacrifice in order to forgive. God didn't need to kill something in order to forgive. And you see, God looks like Jesus. God didn't need a cross to achieve forgiveness. God used the cross to reveal his forgiveness. Paul wrote in Colossians that that God took everything that was against us, all the law, all of the condemnation that was against us, and he nailed it to the cross. Not so he could forgive us, but because he already had. God isn't a cosmic lawyer or judge sitting in the heavenlies waiting to condemn. The cross of God is not demanding blood. The cross is not God demanding payment we've got to change our view of God because this penal substitution view lends itself. It's not the reason, but it lends itself to the mix of violence and nationalism, and there's even Christians who believe and would tell you and would stand and say and defend that it is our right in certain situations for you to take the life of another person who's not a believer, if God so commands it, such as in justifiable war, for instance. I know what you might be thinking is, oh no, pastor's gone over the deep end. He's saying there's never even a cause for war. He wants to disarm our police. He wants to disarm our military. No, I have not said that at all. I believe there are just reasons and justification to have guns and for guns to be used, but not by an 18-year-old who walks into a gun shop and buys an assault rifle, an AR-15, that's made for one purpose, wiping out masses of human beings. Number two. Open your heart to humanity and stop the dualistic rhetoric of in, out, we, they, right, wrong. Take an interest in other people. Get involved in their lives. Be present. Be the buddy of Christ and be the body of Christ. Let me tell you something that happened that I, it's just, part of how I identify with what I'm trying to share with you and explain, but I, 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 I'm at a loss for words to tell you what's changed inside of me regarding violence. I have had dogs as pets growing up all my life. My father purchased and had dogs. We had a hunting dog.